Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? That's it? I'm pumped. I don't know about you all, but that, that was actually phenomenal, man. I was sitting there going, gosh, I'm so glad I was here. What a worship set. Uh, we have got a fantastic worship band, and they did not bring you in the presence of God. I mean, come on. That was phenomenal. Uh, I was, I was sitting there. I was, I was actually vibrating with excitement. I couldn't sit still. I was so excited about just what was going on during worship. And of course, Pastor Ricky being here, I didn't expect to see him here today, so I was glad he was here. But to, to go ahead and do an uh, uh, invitation uh, there at worship, I mean, how often does that get to happen? That's a move of God. Uh, and I, I'm excited to be here. Um, it's, it's interesting, too, as, as we're talking about different things, you just kind of get some confirmation on different things um, during, the, during the course of the week or just through uh, the service this morning already. And as... Uh, I got here early this morning. Uh, the talk I'm going to give today, I uh, actually met a gentleman named Patrick who here, who's here visiting. And he actually um, embodies this whole talk I'm going to give today. And I was excited to hear his story because I'm sitting there thinking, then this means this is something I was supposed to speak on. And then part of the scriptures, Pastor Ricky mentioned, one of the people that I was going to talk about today too. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so this must be a timely message for people. So I'm really excited to share with you. Uh, so hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Everybody's Thanksgiving go well? No, no incidents? Any, anything? Nothing major happened? That's always good. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, anybody put up the Christmas lights yet? Christmas tree? Any of that stuff? Some of you? Yeah? Anybody got any stories around that? Yeah, <laughs> you can tell me later. I'd love to hear some. I was laughing because um, I decided to go ahead and uh, my daughter loves Christmas lights. So I thought I'd go ahead and put the lights up and surprise her and get them up early, norm earlier than what I normally do. And for some reason, I don't know if it's just through the fact of you age some or you just, you don't use certain muscles anymore. Uh, I was up on a ladder for quite a while putting up these lights and I used different hooks than what I normally do. And I was stretching in different directions than I would normally stretch. For two days, I could barely walk. <laughs> Has anybody's calves ever been so sore being on a ladder for so long? So, okay. so you can relate. I felt like, I thought like I wasn't going to make it to the bathroom in time. I was like walking like this. I was like, I'm never going to make it. I hurt that bad. It was, it was, it was pretty bad. Uh, so then we had another funny thing happen to us over the holiday too. We had uh, some friends over and, and I went to get my yaya to bring her out to my grandmother to bring her out to eat. And while we were, well, when I was getting her prepared and bringing her out, uh, one of our friends was sitting there at the table and he saw this uh, nice looking bowl of peanuts. He thought he was going to help himself to the peanuts. So he ended up eating all the peanuts. And by the time I got back, he said, Don, these are the greatest peanuts I ever had. I said, really, man? What, what was so great about them? He said, are they like a Virginia nut? They just tasted, tasted so good. And I looked at him funny. I said, brother, those are goobers. Chocolate-covered peanuts? My grandma likes to suck the chocolate off and just put them back. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that, didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> We, 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 didn't, we didn't have a friend over. My grandmother just still likes to suck the chocolate off. No, I'm, I'm joking. That's, 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 that's disgusting. <laughs> but I figured, what a way to start a sermon, huh? Well, we did have a lot of fun uh, over the holiday. We had a lot of people over. And, uh, well, like you probably have various people over Thanksgiving also. Uh, there, are, there are three people I want to talk about today that are in the Bible. And uh, these three each had some unique interactions with Christ, uh, with Jesus, and I'm going to hone in on these three. And uh, while we talk about these three, there's going to be three, uh, three, well, let me talk about the three people we're going to talk about first. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is he's, um, he's um, the possessed man at the tombs. Does anybody remember the story of the possessed man at the tombs? Some of you do. Fantastic. Good. Uh, he was possessed with a multitude of demons, and his name was Legion, the demon's name was. And this man wasn't even a Jew, as far as we can tell. Uh, but he was so dangerous 
uh, that he had to be chained often, but he was so strong that he could rip the chains free. When Jesus saw this man, though, this man ran right toward him. Could you imagine just how gruesome this man had to look? And if he was running towards you, what would you have done? I mean, it had to be a scary sight to see this. And I, I, I used to work in a mental health field uh, when I was in college. And I worked around some patients that could have psychosis, of psychotic breaks. And one day I was around a patient who had a psychotic break. And they literally lifted me and threw me across the kitchen table. That's how strong some of these individuals can be during a psychotic break. If it wasn't for my German shepherd with me there at the time to get in between us, I don't know what would have happened to me. But picture this man being psychotic as he was coming towards Jesus. But what was interesting is Jesus stood his ground. And he cast, that demon, he cast the demons out of that man and healed that man. So we'll talk about him today. We're also going to discuss the Samaritan woman at the well that Pastor Ricky had mentioned. Uh, hopefully you remember the story. He helped bring some of that to light. Uh, she was the woman that Jesus met at the well while he was waiting when the apostles went to get some food. And Jesus was kind of hungry and tired. And front of, one of the things that was interesting in that story is that Jesus said he had to go to, through Samaria. And I think part of it was he had to meet this woman. And this woman, Jesus was able to tell her everything that she had ever done in her life. And she was absolutely astonished. So we're going to talk about her today. And thirdly, we're also going to highlight the Apostle Philip. And we're going to talk about the Apostle Philip before he became an apostle and his interaction with Christ and then how he interacted with Nathaniel. So we'll talk about those three people today. And with these three people, I'm going to cover three points. The three points are, be thankful for all Jesus has done for you. Go and tell and come and see. Be thankful for all Jesus has done for you. Go and tell and come and see. And the title of the talk today is Thanksgiving Overflow. Thanksgiving Overflow. And as I talk about this, think about it. How many of you have leftovers from Thanksgiving? I asked a few people earlier today. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. You ever notice that, that, that Thanksgiving, it, just, it seems to overflow? It just continues on and on. Have, you have, how, many lo how long will you all eat off of your Thanksgiving dinner this week? Make it to Wednesday, you think? To, a little bit further than that? Finally, you finally get to the point where you really get tired of it. You've had enough. Anybody have really creative leftover ideas? I'd love to hear some when I leave. Okay, great. Get with me when I leave, because I'd like to know a way to make this a little more creative. Uh, after a while, you get a little, you get a little fed up with turkey. Um, but this is kind of partially how it is with Jesus. And let me share what you mean by that. When we're so thankful for all that Jesus has done for us, and he's done a tremendous amount, remember that. It just overflows. It's that thanksgiving that overflows. But the cool thing is that we get to feed off of him every day. We get to spend time with Christ every day, every week, and we never get tired of him. And the more we feed off of him, the more we want. The more turkey you eat, the less you want. But the more you feed off of Jesus, the more you want, and the more you want, and the more you want. The more time you want with him. And when we recognize all that he's done for us, and we don't even deserve it, I hope your thanksgiving just wells up and overflows into gratitude. I know, I know when you think about it enough, it should. It should be an excitement that just spills over into other people. Have you ever had God do something so miraculous in your life that you had to go tell other people? How many? Raise your hands. Have you, have you had? Absolutely. Look around the room, folks. It's amazing what God does in our lives. Would you realize that that's a type of evangelism? Evangelism. We'll put it up on the on the board here on the screen. Evangelism is the winning of winning or revival of a personal commitment to Christ, a militant or a crusading zeal. I always had a simple definition though before I was even saved. 
It's just winning others over through your conviction. Winning others through your conviction, winning others over through your conviction to your way of thinking. Think about this. Do you remember when you were younger and you just loved a band? You just thought this band was the greatest band ever? And they probably were terrible, but you thought they were good because you listened to that album enough. Do you ever have that time? You have just thought of a band you just loved? And did you ever talk to somebody about it so much with so much passion they decided they would start following that band also? Sometimes. <laughs> well, how about this? When we get a little bit older, there, is there certain stocks or cryptocurrency that people get excited about? Yeah, they're now, now it's people smiling now. So you get so excited about it, your enthusiasm wins people over to your way of thinking. Have you experienced that before? Absolutely. See, that's, type, that's, that's how we evangelize. We're already evangelizing our life. It's really nothing new to us. We've all been doing this all of our life. Because what we believe in so strongly and we're convicted about, we're going to share. What you believe in strongly and you're convicted about, you will share. Even if someone doesn't get it, you still believe. Because you're that convicted. Well, that's a form of evangelism in the worldly sense. In the worldly sense. What I want to talk about today is how we evangelize for Christ, and that's what really is going to matter. It's more important than anything else that we evangelize about. How do we evangelize for Christ? And I want to share with these three people how they were the early evangelists and what they went through, how they went about doing it. And the things that they did that we can do today. So let's just kind of dive into those points that I mentioned early on. Point number one, thankful for all Jesus has done for us. Previously, Pastor Ricky had asked us to write down, I think it was over a year ago, Pastor Ricky had asked us to write down the good things God has done for us so we can always look back at them and be thankful for them. And if you've done this, I believe it's fair to say, if you've been doing this discipline, I believe it's fair to say you're probably adding to the list often. Just for example alone, how many of you have seen God do something good for you this year already? Look at the hands, folks. We had something phenomenal happen just last week, how good God is to us. Michelle had a, an art show the last weekend. And on the very end of the day, I don't know if my wife's an artist, um, at the very end on Sunday, as we were wrapping up, we closed at 5 o'clock. I was there to help her tear her tent down. It was about 4.55 or 4.50, a gentleman came in and started looking around at the paintings. And we're getting ready to close up and head home. And this gentleman started to ask her about, hey, this one certain painting. And then he kind of just walked off. So we thought things were done. We'll just go ahead and pack up and head out. But no, the way God works, this man came back, and not only did he want to purchase that one painting, he bought a second painting. See, God did more than we could even think or imagine, and he just blessed us in that moment. And it's so cool when God does those types of things for you. When you focus on how good God has been to you, and you start writing these things down, you're going to notice even more things to be thankful for. The more often you write the good things God does down for you, the more in tune with his favor you'll be. That's why it's so important to write these things down because you'll start noticing more things. God has so much favor for you. The more you recognize it, the more you'll even see. And when you're truly thankful, it overflows. It's Thanksgiving that overflows. And you want to share what God's done with you with other people. And for an example, let's even look at the possessed man at the tomb. If you want to bring up the scriptures, Mark 5, 18 through, 18 through 20. I'll read this. As Jesus was getting into the boat, a man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. 
And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Now, before we move on, and if you don't mind, Eric, just leaving the scripture up, we're going to talk about this. But before we move on, I want to look at the Greek definition for mercy. The Greek definition for mercy was to help one afflicted or seeking aid, to help one afflicted or seeking aid, and to bring help in the wretched, to the wretched. So can you imagine how thankful this man had been when Jesus freed him from his affliction? The mercy that Jesus showed him, being bound all those years to an extent that we're never even going to know, we probably can't even comprehend. Think about this, the amount of time that he must have missed with his family, the mental or physical torment that he went through. I can't imagine it to any extent, but to some degree, if you think about it, before we all met Jesus, we were bound by something. Before we met Jesus, we were probably bound by something. Think about it. Before you accepted Jesus as your Savior, were there strongholds in your life? Things that you were struggling with? I know there was for me. Were there strained relationships with your family? I mean, did you have a mental or a physical battle that you had to deal with? And when Jesus, through his mercy, he freed you? I mean, pause a minute and just think how good God has been to all of us. How gracious his mercy's been. So how thankful are you when you think of God's goodness and how merciful has he been to you? Don't you just swell up with gratitude to a point that you have to tell someone? Absolutely for me, I know that. I have to tell people. And that's what I find interesting about this story. This man didn't know that much about Jesus like we do. He didn't know Jesus would go and die on the cross as a sacrifice for him. This man had no idea. He just knew what Jesus had done for him, and he was extremely thankful. And you might be in here and really not know that much about Jesus nor the Bible, but you know what he's personally done for you. You know what he's brought you through. You know to the extent that he's gone to bring you through and bring you to him. We're just so varied in here. Some of us have gone through some traumatic experiences, and Jesus has brought us through it. He's either healed us or he's still in the process of doing it. Or maybe you dealt with something less severe. But Jesus has given you peace and a wholeness that you never experienced. Whatever it is he's done for you, you're going to be different. And you're full of thankfulness. You know that it was only Jesus who moved in your life and you couldn't do it on your own. We all know also that we don't deserve what he's done for us. There's no way we can be good enough. And we realize all he's done and we don't deserve it, we can't earn it, we become truly thankful. So thankful that it wells up into point two which is go and tell. Point two, go and tell. Now let's look at the scripture here and notice something different. The scripture we had up there a minute ago, what he was talking about. Usually Jesus asked people to come and follow him after he does a miracle in their life. But he didn't do it with this man this time. If you think back a lot of the stories when Jesus had interactions with people and he healed them, they followed him. But here Jesus didn't have this man follow him. With this man, he instructed him to go tell everything. Go tell everything the Lord's done for him. Often Jesus didn't want others to even tell what he had done. But to this man, he directed him to go and tell. And what was he supposed to go and tell? He was supposed to tell how merciful the Lord had been to him. So basically, he was supposed to tell his story. And who was he directed to tell it to? His family. Now, his family probably would have seen the change in him, obviously, right? If this man had been psychotic and chained all of his life, and you saw a change in him, would you know something happened? But Jesus still wanted him to go and tell. 
So how does that really relate to us? We're instructed to go and tell the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done for us. We need to go tell our story and how merciful the Lord has been to us. See, we all have unique stories in here, and we need to go and tell people. Each of you will relate to somebody different than another person would. That's why your story is so important. And like this man, go tell your family first. These are the ones who usually have the closest relationship with you, and they know you. These are the ones who can tell something's happened to you. They can tell how God has changed us and how they see that God's changed us. We can actually influence our families. They can see and hear how merciful Jesus was to us, and it can encourage and inspire some of them to come to him. The thankfulness in you that overflows into going and telling others can have an eternal impact on your family. Do you realize that? And if that be true, why not go and tell? Why not? So let's look at another scripture also in John 4.28. John 4.28. Remember the woman at the well that we mentioned a minute ago. When she had an encounter with Jesus, it energized her. Do you remember how energized you were the first time you encountered Jesus? Do you remember that? She was so energized, she had to go and tell everyone in her village. In John 4.28 it says, The woman left her water jug beside the well and ran back to tell the village, telling everything. She was so excited, she ran. She didn't take her time. It wasn't get around to it. It wasn't, oh, maybe someday. She had to run. She didn't debate in her head, as I've done sometimes. But she couldn't wait to tell someone. Have you ever been so moved by what Jesus did or has done for you that you couldn't wait to tell someone? Just something so good and so powerful that you have to tell people. It's like when you were younger and you had the, you had the greatest Christmas gift ever. Do you remember one of your greatest Christmas? When you are younger, you got something you wanted. I remember a long time ago, I got a digital watch. And I'm dating myself even telling you that, but it was way cool. <laughs> It kind of looks like the Apple Watch. It just doesn't function that way. But it was cool, man. It would tell you the time and even the date if you hit it twice. I love my digital watch. And I had to go out and tell everybody. But that's how this woman was. She was so excited she had to tell people. Now, here's the thing, though. She didn't consider all the wrongs she had done. See, Jesus had pointed out a lot of things to her. But she didn't consider any of those things. How often... Have we let the guilt of the past get in the way of us telling about Jesus? How often have we let something that we've done wrong in the past get in, way, get in the way of us telling about Jesus? See, what I liked about her, she didn't care what other people thought. She was going to tell them about Jesus anyway. And see, they could see something changed in her, and they wanted to see who did this. See, when, when we have an encounter with Jesus, we're going to change. You can't be the same. We need to focus on that and not our perceived shortcomings. Amen? Don't focus on where you feel like you fall short. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on all the wrong we've done or how unworthy we feel. Just focus on Jesus. Focus on who he is and what he's done for you. Then share first with those closest to you because they're the ones that can see a change in you. See, the woman at the well was so, so enthusiastic. She actually went and told everybody. She didn't care. She went and told them all. She said, come and see. Come and see. And that leads us into point three. Come and see. And I'm smiling because I'm so glad last week I came and saw. 
Last week's sermon was phenomenal. Last week's church, it was awesome. To come in here and see the, the compassion offering, the giving that went on. Were a lot of you here last week? Did that not move you? What, what inspired me, and it brought some tears to my eyes as Pastor Ricky was writing checks out. The gentleman who took the check, it, it, did you see his mind? It was kind of like it was bigger than he even thought. I don't know if you happened to see his face when you handed him that check. It was phenomenal. If you didn't get to see it last week, watch it, go back and watch the, the replay of the video. But it was phenomenal. But what was powerful to me was to see that how we as a people, we bring forth our offerings and how they actually impact. Have you ever wondered what church does with your money? Oh, they asked about tithe and offering and all of that. You got to see it. What you do, what you bring, you're ministering to people. And that's why I'm excited about the 19th. You have another compassion offering opportunity to give to people. How many people can we impact as a church? And that wasn't in my notes. So, <laughs> so come on the 19th with your compassion offering. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, the Greek words for come and see, they're defined as the following. Come, I'm not going to put up on the, on the screen. It just means come now. The sense of urgency. Not get around to it or I'll think about it. It means come now. But the word see, it's pretty powerful. See means to discern clearly. See with your mind. To perceive. To pay heed to. It's not, I know people like Chevy Chase Vacation. It's not Chevy Chase Vacation when they're standing there looking at the Grand Canyon, nodding their head a few times, and yeah, they came and saw and left. No, it's perceiving. It's truly understanding and perceiving who this man is and what he's done. It's not coming here just showing up and nodding our head. This is coming here and really perceiving what's happening. There's a sense of urgency that compelled these Samaritans to go see Jesus because this woman was so excited and she had changed so much. It led many to perceive who he was. And they didn't even want him to leave. Has there been a time in your life when you spent quality time with Jesus and you didn't want to separate from him? Yeah. Absolutely. A time when you sensed his presence and you didn't want it to end? Those times are so sweet. And that's how it was for them. They begged him to stay. And remember, they weren't even Jews. And he stayed a couple days with them. But what's cool for us in our time is that he never leaves us. We can go to him anytime we want to by picking up our Bibles and praying. Anytime we want. And a huge bonus, he's also given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit there to comfort us at all times. These folks didn't have the Holy Spirit, but yet they believed in him just because of what he did. Do you realize what a great time it is for us to be alive? I hope you all are excited because we're alive at the greatest time. Now for the Samaritans, through the invitation of the woman to come and see, many became believers. And what I found interesting is, John, is in John 4.42. Now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. See, that's why it's so important for people to come and see. Yes, we should share the gospel ourselves. We should. But sometimes your friends and family know you a little too well that they might not want to listen to you. And it's important why you need to get them to come to church. Now, church isn't the secret. Church is just the place that the word's preached. It's one thing to go and tell people. It's another thing to invite. And see, there's something really important about church. There's power in corporate worship and the word being preached. 
do you all, did you all not sense Jesus during worship today? I mean, did, did you feel like you started to tear up or you got excited on the inside? Your arms were going, why were your arms going? You couldn't, you didn't like, oh, I'm going to make my arm. No, you're, you, because you felt the presence of the Lord. That's the power of bringing people to worship. We might not see Jesus physically here, but he's the word. And when the word is read and preached, it allows people to experience him. And you also heard about worship too, that when, when we worship God's present, when we're praising God's present, when you bring people here, they're in the presence of God. They, they've got to sense that. That's why it's so important that we invite our family and friends to come and see. And now, I know a lot of you have invited people in the past. I want you to keep doing it. Continue to do it. By you inviting people to come and see, you can have an impact on their eternal destiny. What a wonderful privilege we've been given to help another be saved. I hope that pumps you up as it does me. Under, understand the power and the privilege we've been given to impact the kingdom of God. Can you comprehend the power and privilege that you have? You're privileged because you've accepted the love of Christ, the love of Jesus, into your heart and you now get to share it. What a wonderful opportunity you've been given. And I did use the word privilege because you are privileged. And I know the world doesn't want you to think the privilege is a good word. It is. You're privileged to have accepted Christ's love, to have heard it, and to have been called. The privilege is just encountering Jesus and being able to tell the people about him. Think about it. Didn't somebody tell you? I mean, aren't you thankful? I am. I, I shudder to think where I would be in life if I would not have had somebody tell me about Christ. I'm so thankful somebody told me, invited me to know Christ in an intimate way, just to be able to develop a relationship with him. It's exciting to tell others about him and invite him to, to experience what we've experienced. Amen? Now, I do want to bring up one point of caution, because I know sometimes I can get excited and I just spew, okay? Maybe some of you are the same way. You, you, you may, let me take a drink first. <laughs> you may be so excited and thankful for what Jesus has done in your life that you want to go tell your family and friends. And they may see how you've changed, but some are going to be skeptical. Yes, there are skeptics out there that you're going to run into, and this is going to be normal. It even happened in Jesus' time. For example, let's look at John 1, 45 through 46, where Philip had encountered Jesus. Philip was changed, and he was excited. Then he went to tell his friend Nathaniel. However, Nathaniel was quite the skeptic. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. He is the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Yeah. Now, maybe some of you would think, maybe Philip said it more loving. Well, come and see for yourself. Whatever your personality is, I don't care. The point being is, he said, come and see for yourself. I so enjoy this scripture. I, honest, I honestly love how Nathaniel and Philip were. I love how Philip handled Nathaniel. See, just because you encounter Jesus and you go and tell people, everyone's not going to be as excited as you are. There are going to be skeptics out there, but I've learned through hard knocks. When I first got saved, I learned the hard way. When I first got saved, everyone wasn't going to be as excited as I was. 
I just thought they'd all be excited about the truth like I was. I mean, why would you not want to be excited about the truth? It made common sense to me. What I didn't realize was there were those who were contrarian by nature, no matter whatever, whatever the reason is. That's just how they were. They wanted to ask me skeptical questions. And when I tried to answer one, they'd ask me another one. Has anybody ever experienced a skeptic like that? A few of you. Okay. This, this, this uh, questioning would go on. It just kept going on to the point that it would dampen my enthusiasm. And you're going to know when you're talking to a skeptic too. You're going to feel drained. And it's going to make you feel like you're spinning your wheels. But I've learned quickly, don't let that skeptic steal your joy. They'll wear you out if you let them. It's kind of like beating your sword on a rock. At some point, your sword gets wore out. Just learn to do what Philip did. And let's look at that. When Nathaniel was being sarcastic, do you know that Philip didn't even acknowledge it? You won't see in the scripture where he acknowledged it. He just said, come and see. I love that. Just come and see. Philip wasn't going to let him let another person steal his excitement and his belief of what he knew. I like how Philip didn't even get into a bait debate with uh, Nathaniel. He just turned it back on Nathaniel. Now, if Nathaniel really wanted to know, he would have come and saw. And if he didn't, he wouldn't. And here's what I've learned through the hard knocks on how to handle a skeptic. First, you always pray for that person before the interaction. Next, I'm polite, and I try to maybe answer a question or two. But when they continue, I've learned to ask my own question of them. I like to ask them this. Are you asking me to ask, or do you really want to know? Are you asking me to ask, or do you really want to know? What do you think they usually say? They want to know. That's why they're asking. They want to know. So I just tell them, hey, if you truly want to know, you need to come and see. Do you want to know? Come and see. We'll get your questions answered there. Come and see. Now, I, don't prep, I don't prep Pastor Ricky when, hey, I got this guy coming to ask him questions. <laughs> My goal is, you come and see. Because if God's supposed to work in your heart, he'll work in your heart. You just get him here. You invite him. See, because people need to come and see the service. They need to experience it. And if, they're really, if they really wanted to know more, they were going to show up. Now, it doesn't mean don't keep inviting somebody. But if they really want to know, they're going to come. That's what I liked about Philip. He didn't debate. He just invited him and let it go. Nathaniel did want to come, so he, he, he did want to see, so he did come. And I hope this helps. Because I want you to remember, now the holiday season, when most people... During the holiday season, this is when most people, even skeptics, are more apt to come to church. Why not show God how thankful and grateful we are for what he's done for us that we invite someone else? Our gratitude should lead to invitation. Our gratitude should lead to invitation. And if you don't remember anything else from today, please remember that. Our gratitude should lead to invitation. And with that being said, I want to invite the band back up. So I'm going to wrap this up. And as they're coming up, I'm going to share a story with you. And this is a story I talked about uh, previously. Uh, I'm not going to get into, into a lot of detail with it. I'll just kind of give you a high level. But we had, uh, Michelle and I, a few years ago, it was about 15 years ago, we had been in a major accident, a car accident on an interstate. I think I've shared this before with some of you. And we, were, uh, we, had, we had actually were heading out to a meeting that evening. And we decided to stop at a bookstore, and we wanted to go ahead and, and purchase a Bible. So we picked up a couple of those message Bibles, which are pretty cool Bibles to have. So we went ahead and purchased a couple of those. And we were talking about them. We were excited about it as we were heading to this meeting. 
As we were heading down the interstate, we are heading down a steep hill which led to a bridge. All of a sudden from behind, we just felt somebody hit us. They hit us so hard that they lifted the rear end of our vehicle up. And it forced me into the left-hand side of the Jersey wall. And we hit that Jersey wall, that cement wall, and we rolled. We tumbled down the bridge. And as we're tumbling, we keep yelling, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because what's inside of you comes out in times of stress. And that kept coming out. And we finally stopped what we thought we stopped. We didn't. We rolled one more time. And we finally stopped. We ended up on all four of our tires. The, the roof had been dented in. The curtains had dropped. The safety curtains. Michelle's seat broke. But we were fine. She had one scratch on her leg. Nothing had happened to us. There's no way that that could have happened unless Christ was involved. And when we stopped and I finally forced myself out of the car to see what was going on, traffic was already starting to back up. And, but God had positioned it that an ambulance was right there in front of traffic. They were, able, they were able to attend to us. And a local hospital had just let the nurses off their shift at that time. So there were several nurses in the traffic that were able to come and minister to us, help us. And also at the same time, there was an overpass above the bridge. It just so happened that the chief of the fire department happened to be driving over as we were rolling down the bridge. And he saw the lights going. And he was able to get his crew out quickly. Man, we were so excited what God did for us and how he saved us. I was so pumped. I had to tell people. I was so thankful. I was telling them at the hospital. I was telling them in the ambulance. I was telling the policemen. They wouldn't believe what God just had done. I had to tell people. The next day, I, went, I, was, you know, I got out of the hospital. We went to get a cup of coffee. And there was a couple guys sitting there. As I was getting some coffee. I was putting some things in my coffee. And I just had to tell them. I was so excited about what had happened. And some people, they were intrigued by what I shared. Some were skeptics. Some didn't care. Some didn't even get the message. I didn't care. I was so happy and thankful. It overflowed. It permeated my being. Does that make sense? And so people that were interested, what, 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 ma'am, tell me more about this. I said, come and see. Come and see. Invite him out to church. And I want to conclude with this. You have these invite cards. Come and see. I'm inviting you. Take advantage of them. Who are people that you can invite out to church, especially this time of year? You all have great stories. Refine your story. Share your story and invite people. Because this is the time that people are really receptive. They need to come here and hear the word. And as I wrap up here, Pastor Ricky already did an invitation to come and come to uh, come to Jesus, to accept Christ into your heart. But I do want to share something with you also. Some of you still maybe not know who God, who is this God, and who is Jesus? Is there really a God out there? And I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know there's there's a lot of betting going on right now in the in the world. There's a lot of have y'all heard about all the betting with the sports and all that, and just uh, uh, the uh, over and unders and who's going to win by what. And there's there's a lot of betting thing. A lot of things go on betting, right? Do you have friends that are into the gambling and betting and stuff like that? I'm the only one. Okay, <laughs> so, so a few of you, yes, yeah, they're all into it. Yeah, just yeah. So we have a few people that are into, into that. So let me ask you this. I looked at my watch the other day. I'm thinking, take this watch, for example. If you took each individual component, how much would you bet? 
How much would you bet if we slammed these components down on the ground that it would form this watch perfectly? Would you bet that? What happens if I'd say, we'll give you a thousand years and we'll keep slamming that down? And over a thousand years, it should happen, right? Would you, would you bet that in a thousand years, this watch would come out perfectly? Would you bet in a million years, if we slammed all these components down, these individualized components down, they would come together and form this watch perfectly? Why would we not bet that? Because we know common sense dictates there has to be a designer. Somebody had to design and put this together. Then if we're willing to bet, if people would be willing to bet on other things, I, would, I wouldn't want to bet on my eternal destiny either. See, because people don't realize, I, I was taught that this big bang thing happened and this, I evolved. I didn't matter. But in reality, there's a designer. There is a creator. In the book of Romans, it talks about God created the, the earth. And that that is an example. People can always look to it and there's no excuse that they can't understand there's a creator. You have no excuse if you don't believe there's a God. There's no excuse. You just have to look around you. It's in the book of Romans. Go ahead and read that. But see what happened. Evil entered the world. And by that man had sinned. And they stepped away from God. And there was no way that we could come to God. We had to have a Savior. And that's why he loved us so much that he gave his only son for us. We needed somebody who could go ahead and cover our sins. Actually take our sins away from us. So, we would never remember, so God would remember our sins no more. And we can't do that in our own. We're not good enough. Have you, have, people do think they're good. And I agree. There's a lot of good people. But have you gossiped? Have you slandered somebody? Have you stolen? Have you lied? Have you done other things? You're not good enough. That's why we needed a Savior. And God loved us so much that he was willing to give us his only son. Now, I love you all, but I'm not sacrificing my children for you. Sorry. What do you think if God had said that to us? See, that's how great his love is. That's how great the love of Christ is. And then Jesus accepted that. Willingly. He, he loved us enough that he willingly went to the cross and died a sinner's death for us. And then he was resurrected. See, there's a lot of other religions out there. and People have a lot of philosophies out there. But you will find none that has a Savior who died and was resurrected for them. So if you don't know who God is and you don't know who Jesus is yet, I just want you to understand there is a God who loves you. You were designed with a specific plan and Jesus came here to buy, to buy that for you. Now I'm going to wrap up and I'm going to pray. So if you all bow your head. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to share this word and this time together. And Lord, I pray those individuals that still kind of struggle with who you are and who Jesus is, that they would come to know you, that you would touch their heart and they would accept you in their heart, that they would speak your name with their mouth, believe in their heart. And if they believe in their heart and speak your name, they are saved. They are welcomed in the kingdom and they are your children. God, we love you. And Lord, I pray for these people that they continue to have, be bold in their conviction and that we go out and we share this word with other people and that we invite people to come and see. We invite people to come and see. We go and tell them we invite them to come and see. And Lord, just add to our number and let us minister to many people. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.